Wildchain is a is a play to impact uh, mobile game that lets uh, players adopt digitally adopt uh, endangered animals and help take care of them. And by taking care of them in their uh, digital sanctuary on their mobile phone uh, by playing this game, uh, they can uh, help raise funds for and raise awareness for the protection of these um, animals in the real world. Hello and welcome to the People of Web3 podcast where we talk to creators, builders, and thought leaders in the Web3 space. We explore and unpack ideas, values, and strategies that hopefully can help all of us navigate this Web3 movement with a bit more purpose and clarity. If this sounds interesting to you, then feel free to subscribe. But other than that, please enjoy the episode. Welcome to the People of Web3 podcast, where your hosts, Blaine, me, and we've got Frank over there. Hey, Frank. And today we are joined by Arch, uh, innovator, social entrepreneur, uh, impact investor, which is an interesting space, and also the co-founder of Wildchain, which has got to be probably the main theme of today. Um, so Arch, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. No worries. I think let's dive straight in. Um, we could probably set the scene with an introduction, a bit of a background story on, on who you are and how you got here. So maybe we can start uh, there and then we'll, we've got a few follow-up questions. Sure. Um, okay, so hi, I'm Arch. Um, I'm currently based in, in Thailand um, and I've been working on, um, actually be, before I was doing uh, fundraising for a lot of uh, social projects. Um, and uh, I've started to kind of uh, turn my focus a little more towards um, environmental issues. Um, given that we're facing a, um, I guess you could call it an extinction crisis, um, as well as a climate crisis. Um, and so like one of the inspiration behind um, the idea uh, that we're working on currently, um, which is called Wildchain, um, is so a few years back, we saw, you know, this game Pokemon Go, right? And um, um, we were thinking like, how how can we kind of get people to to care that much um, about protecting you know real world animals and the environment um, as much as you know collecting uh, digital Pokemon right um, and and based on that uh, we we kind of developed this um, idea and it's based on um, creating a, uh, a a digital mirror um, of uh, endangered animals in the world, um, where the population on the blockchain matches the real life population uh, living in the world, uh, and getting people to adopt and collect um, these uh, digital uh, animals. Um, and so we we began our journey with Wildchain a few years back. Actually, it's it's taken a lot a lot longer than than we imagined that it would. Um, and it's like we're we're currently in the process of building this game that allows people to kind of adopt uh, these uh, digital um, animals. Um, so, Wildchain is a nonprofit um, game, a mobile tool uh, that um, hopes to. Uh, hopes to get like everyone in the world to kind of participate in, in protecting uh, the environment and um, endangered species. And um, so it's, it's a, 
it's a game. <laughs> uh, and and we're also inspired by like, uh, I don't know if you remember Tamagotchi. Um, yeah, so, uh, but instead of taking care of just one animal, you're taking care of a, a sanctuary. Uh, and within this sanctuary, like um, your every tree that you plant, uh, we plant a real tree in the world. So as you upgrade your sanctuary, uh, we're trying to create like the real world impact that 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 you are doing in the game. Um, so how how we kind of link this to conservation besides like linking the in-game actions like tree planting uh, to, to real world impact is um, we're actually a nonprofit. So 100% of the profits from, you know, when people buy in-game items, uh, when people, you know, pay for, you know, everything in the game, uh, all the profits goes towards funding conservation work. Um, and so we're kind of like, looking at how we can uh, convert uh, gaming revenue that people spend, you know, billions of dollars every year um, on games. Um, how do we convert that into uh, funding for wildlife conservation? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and the vision of wild chain centered around uh, rewilding the world. Can you tell us a little bit more about what does rewilding mean and how can wild chain bring real world impact um, to conservation? Yeah. So I think like for, for us, we've identified that um, one of the biggest challenges for, for wildlife conservation um, is that um, they're lacking the the financial resources to do you know a lot of the the work that you know we all know is needed um and like for us we feel like um one of the biggest challenge is in fundraising um is that people are always like organizations are trying to compete for donations um, donations are, are very limited. Like if you see like, you know, every month you get your paycheck, like how many percent of that do you actually donate? Right. Um, but you're spending a lot of that on, you know, like everything else. Um, so where we are looking to, to disrupt kind of, um, this, uh, financial, um, model is we're, we're trying to generate new donations. Um, and we're looking into, you know, the, the money that people spend, you know, playing games um, and trying to convert um, those dollars into uh, funding for conservation. Um, <clears throat> like, I guess, like on the conservation side, one of the one of the focus areas that we're working on right now, I mean, in the beginning is we're we're looking at protecting habitats. Uh, we're looking at uh, planting trees. Um, we're looking at uh, funding uh, wildlife rangers. So we're also kind of like seeing how we can kind of integrate uh, in-game actions and in-game features uh, with uh, real world impact. So yeah, besides like planting trees, we're looking at like, let's say for example, if you expand your habitat in the game, uh, like when you're like, expanding the land in your game? Like, can we uh, fund uh, protection of, you know, fragile ecosystems? Uh, if you're hiring rangers in the game, uh, we wanna actually, you know, hire real rangers um, in the world that are protecting endangered species. Um, so we're trying to um, do as much of that 
as we can, uh, while at the same time also thinking about like, you know, what are the most effective ways uh, to protect uh, wildlife and um, yeah, so uh, an integration of, you know, like things that engage people to continue donating with uh, things that uh, we know is effective um, in the real world. Yeah. So yeah. interesting. I think what there's one um, but massive bottleneck and you kind of touched on it within the NGO space and pet space is is around that cash flow. And mm-hmm. it seems like the, the, the primary funding model at, at the moment is kind of through donations, whether it's through large institutions or from kind of individuals. But ultimately, you know, if you're looking at a particular species or e- ecosystem, there's X number of um, NGOs that are looking to conserve this ecosystem or species, but they're competing uh, on a finite funding pool of, of donations. And I think one unfortunate consequence of that is that there can sometimes be friction between NGOs because they're ultimately competing for this finite uh, amount of money. Um, and that ultimately isn't a, a good thing for anyone. It's a, it's a lose-lose uh, scenario. Um, yeah. So the idea around introducing new funding mechanisms, whether it's through play to impact, play to earn, is really interesting because A, you're getting more money in and they can kind of do more impact, but it relieves a lot of that pressure within the NGOs competing against, uh, competing for these donations as well. So I'm a very, very big believer in yeah. kind of trying to innovate within um, trying to find different funding mechanisms. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Web3 is a good opportunity for that. I mean, like play to play to earn yeah. is a concept that didn't exist five years ago. Uh-huh. Like you probably wouldn't even associate gaming with conservation yeah. three years ago, four years ago, but look look where we are. Yeah, I, I, I did totally forget to mention about the NFTs, right? Like that is also a huge market that we're also trying to tap into. And what we were wondering was, you know, like people are spending millions of or hundreds of thousands of dollars or sometimes millions of dollars on on you know nfts of uh i guess like apes or um whatnot and that was the other like kind of point of inspiration for us and we were wondering like like if we could create you know something that could be as valuable that really has a you know real world impact and you know like if if we could raise millions of dollars for you know specific species that are going extinct and you know like we can help protect them by selling you know nfts uh that are also playable in our game um yeah so that was also yeah another uh market that we're trying to tap into and it's it's a brand new market and it's kind of like I think like NFTs are, uh, is a really cool technology. Um, and um, I guess what we've been trying to do is figure out a way that, you know, to make NFTs actually really useful for the real world. Um, and that's kind of where we're going. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I think maybe to expand on the, the blockchain as innovation part, um, blockchain for good is a concept that kind of gets thrown out there a lot. And um I think a lot of people in the impact space look at crypto with a negative perception because they associate it with, you know, um, kind of energy costs um, without knowing that not all blockchains are the same. I mean, you guys building on solar, it's a carbon negative one. Um, But when you look at blockchain technology as as, um, a tool that can be used for impact initiatives, impact projects, 
what are some of the the advantages of blockchain as an impact facilitator versus more of the traditional models? Like what what does it provide that um, wasn't accessible, you know, a few years ago or before Web three? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess for us, it's specifically the the fact that we are able to create uh, digital assets that mirror the real world um, rare species uh, remaining on Earth, right? Um, and and that was definitely not possible with it before, but with NFTs um, and blockchain technology, that really becomes um, possible. And and it's it's currently already being used in you know multiple different ways. Um, so we, we have kind of been waiting to see also, you know, how NFTs and, um, non-fungible tokens are being like adapting, right. And, and being built, um, and looking for the technologies that, um, that will allow us to kind of just adopt it, um, and kind of, um, utilize that for, for what we need. Um, so I think. NFTs have definitely come a long way in the past um, few years. And, uh, you know, what what we have been interested in is kind of like this dynamic NFTs, um, NFTs that uh, users or players of our game uh, can can continually update. Um, so they can they can like grow their um, cheetah um, from a a baby cheetah to a uh, an adult they can change the backgrounds they can add things into their nfts and um so that's that's kind of one of the things that uh we plan um to 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 implement with with ours yeah like personalize it you know, make it make it yours <laughs> yeah and yeah i think like the the reason we want this this kind of personalization is we want people to feel really connected uh with the animals that they've adopted and like our vision is 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 to have like everyone adopt like a digital wildlife um pet right that that they're continually um funding that they're donating money to organizations that are actually funding um the conservation of these species and getting people like really connected with with nature and wildlife uh through having um you know these digital animals as a a champion or you know they're like a point of connection um yeah yeah i mean personally i would love that my favorite is leopard if i can uh. have a way to know that I'm contributing to same specific leopard and everything's recorded on the chain. And yeah, I, I would love that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of play to impact, play to earn, can you explain uh, briefly about what is play to earn to those who are not familiar with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, if somebody who has no knowledge about Web3 at the moment, um, how? What are the steps that they have to take in order to play your game and to earn and to have impact? You just have yeah. like step by step. Yeah, sure. So, so play to earn was a new, pretty new um, phenomenon, right? Like that happened in a, in the past few years, um, especially during the last bull run. That was like one of the hype, uh, where people were just playing a game, and by playing this game, uh, they would earn tokens. Um, and they would be able to then trade these tokens um, on exchanges or decentralized exchanges and actually make 
uh, money from it. Um, and so a lot of people during the pandemic kind of moved into uh, playing to earn um, as a way to, you know, to earn income. And we've seen, you know, people in, I think, the Philippines, like, like hundreds of thousands of people that were earning um, a monthly salary by playing this game, right? Um, and, and, you know, one of the most uh, famous ones was Axie Infinity, right? Um, so that was, that was like a, a really interesting um, model. Um, but also it, it came, I guess it also crashed when, when the crypto market <laughs> crashed as well, um, which was um, unfortunate, but um, it is bound to happen um, because the way it's designed, right? Like as more and more players come into the to play, uh, they need the tokens, so they need to buy, you know, the tokens. And um, yeah, and so we're we're still trying to figure out like what is the future of play to earn. We know that it can work um, up to a certain point, um, and it really requires like the the token economics to be designed really well to make it work in the long run. Um, for us, it's um, a little bit different. Um, we are creating this new concept called play to donate. Um, and it's it's different because we're not focusing on having people actually play and earning uh, money in the same way. Um, but instead, uh, what players are able to do uh, on WildChain is as they play the game, they'll be able to earn. Um, so we've actually designed it also differently with the game. Um, our game is designed to be um, off blockchain so that everyone can easily play the game as they did with like Pokemon Go, for example. Um, so it, no, people without any blockchain knowledge, crypto knowledge can, can play our game uh, and they'll be earning like um, in-game currency um, called gold leaves, right? So gold leaves is, is kind of like a, a premium currency in, in uh, the WildChain mobile game. Um, but then how we integrate that onto the blockchain is they, they can actually uh, withdraw their gold leaves, basically exchange gold leaves into uh, our cryptocurrency, which is called WILD. Um, and the purpose of WILD is actually so that you can participate in voting uh, for, I guess, the future of WildChain. So we, we will put up like uh, proposals. Um, and players who earn wild will help us decide, uh, you know, which direction, you know, wild chain should take. For example, if we're going to expand into a new biome. So uh, when we're starting off, we're starting off with this uh, African savanna, right? Um, and we we plan to, in the future, expand into like ocean life, into like uh, tropical forests. Um, so players will be helping us decide. Um, on these things, like where are we going next? Um, you know, maybe like changes in token mechanics, changes in in gameplay. Um, so that's one of the things they'll be able to do is help with governance. Um, the second thing that they'll be able to do is actually, uh, we call it pledge to donate. Um, and so what they'll be doing is, is they're pledging their WoW tokens that they earned in the game. So by playing the game, they're earning um, this token. And then uh, they're using this token as a way to donate to charities uh, by pledging WoW to charities. Um, 
what happens is like when they're pledging wild, they're, they're basically giving the wild back to wild chain. It will be locked up for a specific amount of time. We're thinking about one to two years um, so that it's taken out of the, the, the token supply for a significant amount of time. Um, and what happens is uh, charities will be earning uh, a portion of uh, the profits that are generated in the game. Um, so, uh, you know, NFT sales, uh, in-game item sales, um, uh, corporate sponsorships, um, everything else. Um, so all the profits goes into this, this pool. And then the pool is distributed to different charities based on the votes um, that, that, that players are voting for. Yeah. So um, we're, we're kind of trying to pioneer this new model. Um, we hope it will work. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll play. We'll, we'll play our part in, in supporting it. Yeah. <laughs> and I have but a quick, oh, you go, Frank. Oh, a quick question about the last point you mentioned when you said the profit sharing with the um, other companies and NGOs, and those could, uh, in the future, if all these NGOs, if they have their own wallet, those wallets can be put into the smart contract, and then they would get paid directly and um, in like a trustless way, right? In in the future, that could happen. Yeah. So like we would love to kind of move this, you know, in in you know in the future where we are actually giving them enough money uh, that that makes it so that they like so that they have to adopt uh, crypto, um, then that would be possible. And I think like what would be even more interesting in the future is if they are adopting crypto and if more and more people are adopting it, um, then the the spending of these different conservation organizations can also be on the blockchain and we can track, you know, how they're spending every dollar. And I think the future would be moving that way. Um, we just need this, like, we just need more people to adopt it and be willing to kind of make that change. And uh, when the funding is significant, then I hope that, you know, that will happen. Um, that will accelerate, you know, this adoption. But yeah. uh, in the meantime, like like how we've designed this is actually so that charities can actually receive uh, cash, um, fiat. Um, and that's because like most of our revenue will be coming in fiat, um, right? And and so if you see like the way that we've designed um, uh, our play to donate and kind of like um, pledge to donate mechanic, right? Like you're pl pledging wild to charities, but the wild is returned to wild chain, which in the future gets, you know, given out to uh, future players or new players that are uh, coming into our ecosystem. Um, that wild being returned into into the ecosystem is very different from the normal play to earn mechanics where players are earning the tokens and they're selling the tokens on the market right and that creates kind of like a, a sell pressure for their token uh whereas for us there is uh not the selling side there is uh no sell pressure on i, I mean it's designed to not have that sell pressure from you know from people playing to earn um but then what we're doing is because we're generating a lot of fiat um, from the in-game revenue, uh, we're using that fiat to, to fund charities. So it's there are like two streams of um, like uh, monetary flow going. Um, and so uh, that kind of helps uh, 
that kind of helps us adopt uh, charities in the short term um, because they don't need any um, blockchain or crypto knowledge as well. Um, and it's it's all done through, you know, just like the the voting is on the blockchain, um, but then, you know, the fiat that they're receiving is uh, the money they're receiving is in fiat in cash. So they can easily just, you know, use that as they as they use their current donations. Yeah. Interesting. One one thing I want to maybe just clarify is the, the actual gameplay itself. So what does that what would that look like? What kind of a what kind of a game is it? You've mentioned Pokemon Go. Is it that sort yeah. of a style? Or is it kind of like a Tamagotchi, like a maybe a Pokemon on your Game Boy? Like what? Yeah. What does that? It's game a, yeah, it's look a combination like? of a lot of these uh, games that that were famous, you know, um, and it's uh, it's similar to Tamagotchi in the way that you know you're taking care of uh, an animal in in the sanctuary. Um, but it's, it's also different because you can, you know, upgrade your sanctuary. You can, you can have multiple animals there. And, um, we're integrating this, this, uh, Pokemon concept, uh, where we're trying to incentivize people to collect as many species as possible. And so by collecting more and more species, you're increasing your biodiversity in, in your sanctuary and your, um, kind of, uh, kind I guess that's kind of like the, the the win state of the game is to collect like like a bunch of different species um and and they each would appear you know in your sanctuary and it will kind of uh fulfill you to see that you know your sanctuary has loads of animals and they're all very cute and they're they're all happy um so how how the game works is like people people buy magic eggs um and they they buy a pack of magic eggs and and they open up these eggs basically they hatch the eggs and they um they hatch uh, various different animals with uh different rarities um and so they're trying to find uh rarer and rarer animals as they play um so i guess that's that's one of our revenue stream is you know when people are buying uh, magic eggs they're actually getting to help you know donate to conservation work um and and they're discovering you know different species and um as they uh level up their sanctuary as they level up their animals um they can then convert it into nfts if they would like to um and this is also like optional right because like the way that we've designed this game is to appeal to the masses so so that everyone can play this game without any blockchain um, knowledge or integration at all um and uh, when they get to a certain point, then they have the option to kind of mint it as an NFT. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You, um, oh, yeah. So, do you go, Frank, brother? <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think that's the way to go. It's to do a game that is fun for the masses that doesn't involve blockchain NFT, and then down the line, they have an option to do something mm -hmm. with blockchain NFT where they get value out of it. Um, and that that way onboards them naturally rather than just pushing them to learn so much at once just yeah. a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you you want the with all these blockchain gaming ideas i think one thing that can get missed is that the gameplay itself has to make sense if no mm -hmm. one's if, if people like you you kind of almost want just like any normal game you want people to play the game because they love the game and then as a bonus you have these interesting um yeah web3 components like the ownership of 
assets like maybe your nft evolves like you like a, mm -hmm. a dynamic nft evolves and things get assigned to it based on your gameplay but these are bonuses if you lead with the you know you the earn part then then it probably doesn't become very sustainable because the game itself is not super interesting so um yeah you, you want the blockchain games to almost not feel like uh yeah, it just feels like a game yeah. and then you've yeah, got these yeah. little add-ons add-ons to it yeah um we, we talked about cello and why why cello why build on cello it's up like I, i'm interested in it but what's your rationale for i guess choosing that versus something else yeah so so we discovered cello um because it was i think the world's first carbon negative blockchain um and um, it's fast, it's uh, super cheap uh, to run on, um, and the community is amazing. Um, so Cello seems to be like the, like, it seems like they're trying to build like good money, right? And all the projects that are trying to do sustainability and um, uh, social impact uh, are kind of linked into Cello somehow. Um, so we found that this was like super interesting for us. Um, they partner with a lot of nonprofits. Um, they do a lot of like, um, work with nonprofits and, you know, like impact work, sustainability work. So, so that was, that was like what really got us, um, connected with Cello and, and that's what, you know, how we decided, um, to, to kind of like, um, like yeah, which chain we're gonna use? Um, and I think like we're we're there for the community. Um, we want to help them uh, grow the cello ecosystem, and um, we want to grow with them. Um, yeah. Is there a layer one blockchain? I'm not too yeah. familiar. It is yeah yeah, and, but it's EVM compatible. Yeah. Yes, cool. Uh, and they have their own token. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their own token, uh, cello. And um, they also have like CUSD, CEURO. So um, they have stable coins as well. Yeah. And how, how big is the adoption right now compared to, let's say, I don't know, Cardano or? It's- I'll bump one gecko. I don't even know how big Cardano's adoption is. <laughs> I haven't heard too much about Celo. But I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's not it's not that one forty four, yeah. But it's it's got, it's got a very heavy impact focused. Um, yeah, there's a lot of and like mobile friendly, um, like uh, like mo. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting kind of like points of difference around it. Um, but yeah, not okay. not a top ten or top twenty yet. But no, not yet. I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a fan personally. Nice. Okay, I want to hop back to um, NGOs that you work with because that's mm -hmm. something that we kind of went through as well. When you're talking to all these NGOs, um, I'm assuming most of them wildlife uh, conservation NGOs that are not familiar with Web3 at all in the beginning. How were you able to onboard them or do you have any tips on uh, for people like us who are trying to onboard NGOs or tips for NGOs who are looking into like they're curious about learning about web3 but they just don't have the time and resources to do so um do you have any tips for them i mean like for us like we we've made it easy because um the ngos we work with uh would not need uh web3 
um, knowledge at all. Um, and the funds that are going to them are bank transfers um, and not tokens. Um, so, so for us, that's, that problem is solved. <laughs> Um, ideally in the long run, as I said, like, um, I, we would love to, um, onboard them onto, you know, crypto and, and blockchain and kind of like make the donation process more transparent. Um, but we would need to be kind of like a significant, like provide them significant funding in order, you know, to, to have them kind of change how they work and, and be willing to take those risks. Um, and, um, I, I guess like, uh, I also want to mention that we are also at the beginning stage of onboarding um, charities and conservation projects. Um, but uh, so far we haven't really had, you know, a problem with that because um, yeah, as yeah, it's, it's, we, we've kind of, we've kind of found like a very soft compromise. <laughs> for them. Yeah. yeah. Like to, to be honest, that's, that's potentially a good way to look at it. I mean, is you could look at it as the role of like a, an entrepreneur like yourself or like someone innovating within this web three space to kind of maybe use rip three tooling to kind of collect the funds and then give it to the NGOs in a way that is the least amount of friction as possible because you know, these NGOs, um, don't have a lot of extra time and money anyway. So for them to have to kind of learn how to create a wallet and those sorts of things probably isn't super realistic in the short term. But I think mm -hmm. in the long run, it, it like obviously we want to transition to to that, but um, being creative around giving them money without them having to <laughs> get headaches about MetaMask or whatever, whatever thing that they <laughs> have to set up. Um, I've got a, I've got a- Even uh, I'm scared to use MetaMask. <laughs> Mm, mm, every mm. time i'm like scared that i'm gonna do something wrong you can imagine like yeah exactly that first time receiving the money they're like oh what do i do now <laughs> and there's things around like clicking the wrong links now so like yeah click the wrong, like that's pretty scary yeah especially that, that's scary for just in, anyone in the space but like imagine someone outside and then if they do click on it you're you're gonna be the one to blame and so yeah. Yeah. be careful um, got a fun little segment um, just around, I guess, like an elevator pitch. Um, if you had to um, give an elevator pitch, let's say less than 60 seconds of wild, wild chain, um, what would it be? So what's the wild, wild, wild chain elevator pitch? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> um, okay. So... <laughs> Uh, Wildchain is a is a play to impact uh, mobile game that lets uh, players adopt digitally adopt uh, endangered animals and help take care of them. And by taking care of them in their uh, digital sanctuary on their mobile phone uh, by playing this game, uh, they can uh, help uh, raise funds for and raise awareness uh, for the protection of these um, animals in the real world. Um, so we're creating this um, uh, climate action tool uh, that allows people to participate in protecting um, climate uh, by planting trees, by protecting uh, wildlife. Um, yeah. <laughs> Love it. That's a good one. I'm so hopeful. Um, yeah. So <laughs> hopefully our goal is to get, you know, billions of people together to, you know, take uh, collective action to towards climate change simply by just playing a mobile game. I love it. And for <laughs> impact entrepreneurs, 
exploring the Web3 space, what would three tips be for those? Because there's a growing number of them uh, popping up in the Web3 space looking to kind of make an impact, you know, potentially mm-hmm. earn some money as well. What three tips would you give um, those sorts of people? Um, I guess like the, the first thing is, is I look at, I look at, um, blockchain and kind of like tokens as a way to generate, uh, value. Um, and one of the most interesting things, um, is like, you know, if, can we generate value, uh, for the good of the planet? Right. Because, you know, when you're, when you're issuing tokens, you're basically just creating value out of the net. Um, and what we're trying to figure out is like, can we generate that value um, and use it for uh, solving the climate crisis, crisis, you know, or saving and injured animals? And and this can be done, I think, for for a wide range um, of different issues around the world. You know, it can be done to provide clean water, to provide um, food uh, for people living in poverty. It can be used to, you know, um, help refugees. Um, so I think that's that is the the biggest opportunity there is um is like how how can these causes that that you're passionate about uh tap into the value of of crypto um so I think that's that's number one um then number two is like figuring out how to make the crypto economics work um, you know, like designing uh, the tokens in a way that um, like utilizes um, that value well um, and having people utilize the tokens well, right? So so the tokens need to have use cases and needs to it needs to be useful somehow. Um, huh. The third point, I guess, is like, how do we kind of uh, tap into the masses and not only rely on people who already know um, blockchain, uh, Web3? And uh, how do we kind of integrate? Um, how how do we get ordinary people who, who you know, are not willing to jump through hoops to kind of adopt um, um, our uh, tokens or our game or our um, apps? Right. And um, but at the same time, um, utilizing uh, that adoption uh, to benefit the token holders and the the, the whole uh, ecosystem that we've created. Um, and those are, I guess, like the three things that that we were looking at um, and how we've you know designed uh, Wildchain. Yeah. OK, mm, good tips. Um, yeah. One question I have is how can we as uh, people of Web3 and our listeners help Wildchain? What can we yeah. do? Well, um, we are looking for a group of early adopters, right? So um, hopefully when, when we launch our game, uh, we would get, you know, uh, people of Web3 and your listeners and um, everyone to, to kind of help us uh, help us test the game, help us spread the game, uh, play it and, you know, tell us what you think and help us shape the game um, using 
you know, the, the tokens that you earn by playing, you can help us, you know, shape the future of Wildchain. Um, and I guess also right now we've we've started um, selling some NFTs on Wildchain. So you can uh, check that out on, on Wildchain. Uh, every, I think every two weeks, uh, we're dropping a new NFT um, and it's the first animal of its kind. Um, so we have, I think when, when we launch the game, we'll have maybe 30 to 50 different species um, in our game. And the first of its kind are all being dropped um, every two weeks right now on Wildchain. So um, every two weeks we drop a new one and the, the previous one um, auction finishes. Um, so yeah, we've been doing that for a few weeks now. Yeah. Cool. So NFTs that are coming out every two weeks and mm -hmm. the play test do you know what kind of time frame we're looking at for the play test potentially yeah um so we're hoping to do the next release in uh october um we might have like a like a oh like a invite only version coming out before then um so the best way is to subscribe to our uh, newsletter which you can do on our website um and then yeah, we'll send invites whenever the new version is ready. I want to get one of those wild uh, African wild dogs in the background. I'm going to keep an eye out uh -huh. for for them when they drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, I think what African wild dogs have already been dropped? Are they? <laughs> but, yeah, but um, so right now the the NFT marketplace that we've built uh, only allows for the auction from from Wildchain, but uh, soon. If not already, I think uh, people who adopted it earlier can put them up for auction themselves. Uh, so we'll see where that, that goes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I think that's all the questions we have. Yeah. Blaine? Yeah, that, that's all the questions. I think, um, sorry, I was just looking at your website for the, I was trying to look at the wild, African animal. wild dog. What animals are already launched? Oh, we can have we can share that. This looks like this settled. There's quite a few. Three, six, nine, ten so far. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe that. Oh, there it yeah, is. I, yeah. I've been trying Willow, to bid on them, Willow. too, but like I've been outbid all the time, and I I still haven't gotten one. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's a good problem to have. Um. Ah, I was gonna say. Oh, so we have contacts with a lot of wildlife conservationists and photographers around the world, and they travel. Mm -hmm. a lot myself, if your focus right now is the African savanna, I'm sure a lot mm -hmm. of photographers are interested, or they will be uh, like I have my yeah. friends would share their IG stories and like they're traveling. Mm -hmm. Is there any that we can help as wildlife photographers? Maybe. Um, either the photos or mm -hmm. or potentially like if you have NGOs on the ground who are in areas where we can hop in, help them get some footage, um, mm. like those wildlife that we are, people are adopting and just like small things like content. And for us, I think it's yeah. still, at least for some of us, I think we'll be happy to do that. If, you know, we get to see some, some amazing wildlife and check out the yeah. area and just want mm. to contribute. 
somewhere. Yeah, that that would be amazing, actually. Like, um, so I'll I'll connect with you and and see you know how we can collaborate further. Um, that, but thank you for the offer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think sure. we can wrap I'm things up. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm planning to go back to Africa next year. Anyways, oh. might as well. <laughs> I might try and join you, Frank. Plan your trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh that wow. Be- I'll join you. I'll join you. Okay. Well, I think that's that's all the questions. We could probably mm-hmm. uh, wrap up the podcast. I don't know if you got any closing words, Frank, or you're all good. Um, thank you everyone for listening to our podcast with <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Nailed it. 